Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is March 20th, 2020. 3 2020, and it is uh, pretty insane, right? The month, guys, we're in April. Soon it's going to be summer. And a lot is going on. California's freaking out. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. We're also going to take a time trip back to 2018 together just to show you how in 2018, everything that's happening today and what is important was known. Now, um, I'm going to kick off by starting uh, the live transmission uh, from the President of the United States. Again, podium with no presidential seal. He's got um, his daughter flanking him. He has Secretary Pompeo present. And for those of you that are driving and are truckers, thank you. We want to wish uh, Baron Trump a happy birthday. Boy, isn't he a giant, right? Super tall. And, um, you know, there is one person that I knew that is a listener of mine that had their birthday and I it totally slipped my mind. And I had sticky notes on my computer to remind me to wish them a happy birthday. <sighs> And of course, my daughter was trying to be nice and cleaned up stuff off my desk. So to that listener, you know who you are. It was the 16th of March. I remembered it uh, two o'clock in the morning, whatever. And I just wanted to say that. So anyway, let's hop in to listen to what our president has to tell us today in regards to the Kung flu. Thank you very much. I had a very good telephone conversation, extremely good, with Senator Schumer a little while ago. We we're working on various elements of the deal, and uh, the Democrats are very much wanting something to happen, and the Republicans, likewise, are very much wanting something to happen. And I think it will. I spoke with, uh, at length with Mitch McConnell, and uh, there's tremendous uh, spirit to get something done, so we'll see what happens. But my conversation was very good with Senator Schumer. I thank you all for joining us, and I'd like to begin by providing an update on what we are doing to minimize the impact of the Chinese virus on our nation's students. With many schools closed due to the virus, the Department of Education will not enforce standardized testing requirements, very importantly, for students in elementary through high school for the current year. They've been through a lot. They've been going back and forth, schools open, schools not open. It's been all standardized uh, testing, and, you know, it's, uh, we're not going to be enforcing that, so I think you can let the people know. 
I think uh, probably a lot of the students would be extremely happy. Some probably not. The ones that work hard, maybe not. But uh, it's one of those things. Uh, unfortunate, very unfortunate stance. We've also temporarily waived all interest on federally held student loans. They'll be very happy to hear that. And I've instructed them to take that action immediately. And today, Secretary DeVos has directed federal lenders to allow borrowers to suspend their student loans and loan payments without penalty for at least the next 60 days. And if we need more, we'll extend that period of time. Borrowers should contact their lenders, but we've given them very strong instructions. So we've uh, temporarily waived all interest on federally held student loans. That's a big thing. That's going to make a lot of students very happy. And we have more to come on student loans, more good news for the students, but we'll do that at a different time. This morning, the Treasury Department also announced that we're moving tax day from April 15th to July 15th. So we're, uh, we're moving it out to July 15th so that people will have time and people will be able to, hopefully by that time, we'll have people getting back to their lives Families and businesses who have this extra time to file with no interest or penalties, we're getting rid of interest and penalties. However, if you have refunds or credits you would like to claim, you may still file. In other words, you can file early if you are owed money by the IRS. Other than that, uh, we're moving it all the way out to July 15th. No interest, no penalties. Your new date will be July 15th. Today, our team will also provide an update on our continuing effort to prevent the transmission of virus across America's borders. And uh, I watched uh, what's been happening in California with Governor Newsom and uh, this morning with Governor Cuomo. And uh, I applaud them. They're taking very strong, bold steps, and I applaud them. And uh, we're all working together. We're working very closely together, including those two governors. But I would say, based on the call, the media was there. Uh, I think we can say that with respect to virtually every governor on that call, I think every governor, we had almost all of them, if not all of them. And uh, I would say that uh, you could see for yourselves that the level of respect and uh, esprit de corps working together was extraordinary. There was no nobody angry, nobody upset. Uh, we're able to help them, and uh, that's what we're all about. We want to help. Uh, we're doing things that uh, a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. But the relationship with governors and states is, I, I think, very extraordinary, especially under the, the circumstances where this just came upon us. We're working with Canada and Mexico to prevent the spread of the virus across North America very closely. You heard what we did yesterday with Canada. And uh, Secretary of State Pompeo will be making a statement in a little while having to do with Mexico and the border. And Chad, likewise, Chad Wolf will likewise be making a statement. This is a joint comprehensive effort in collaboration with our neighbors. The measure and all of those measures that we're putting in place will protect the health of all three nations and reduce the incentive for a mass global migration that would badly deplete the health care resources needed for our people. And so we are working very closely with Mexico, very, very closely with, uh, with Canada. Uh, the relationship's never been better. We're all working for the same, toward the same goal. 
Our nation's top health care officials are extremely concerned about the grave public health consequences of mass uncontrolled cross-border movement. And that would be mostly and even beyond, but mostly during this uh, global pandemic. Every week, our border agents encounter thousands of unscreened, unvetted and unauthorized entries from dozens of countries. And we've had this problem for decades, for decades. You know the story. But now it's uh, with the national emergencies and all of the other things that we've declared, we can actually do something about it. We're taking a very strong hold of that. And we have before, but this is now at a level that nobody's ever approached. In normal times, these massive flows place a vast burden on our health care system. But during a global pandemic, they threatened to create a perfect storm that would spread the infection to our border agents, migrants, and to the public at large. Left unchecked, this would cripple our immigration system, overwhelm our health care system, and severely damage our national security. We're not going to let that happen. So... Uh, uh, we have a lot of information, and they'll be discussing that in a moment. To confront these public health degrees, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has decided to exercise its authority under the Title 42 of the U.S. Code to give customers of border protection the tools it needs to prevent the transmission of the virus coming through both the northern and the southern borders. So we're treating the borders equally, the northern border and the southern border. It's being treated. They're both being treated equally. A lot of people say that they're not treated equally. Well, they are. As we did with Canada, we're also working with Mexico to implement new rules at our ports of entry to suspend non-essential travel. These new rules and procedures will not impede lawful trade and commerce. Furthermore, Mexico has taken action to secure our own southern border and suspend air travel from Europe. So we're coordinating very closely with the air travel going to Mexico and then trying to come into the United States. The actions we're taking together with our North American partners will save countless lives. At the conclusion of my remarks, Secretary Azar, Secretary Pompeo, Secretary Wolf, uh, we're going to uh, be also taking some questions with Tony and Deborah, who you've gotten to know very well. Uh, but they'll be uh, discussing certain things, and uh, I think you'll find them of great interest. We're going to be providing tremendous uh, amounts of detail over the coming days, but a lot of it will be provided right now if you'd like to find out about it. There's been a resolute action, tremendous action, tremendous uh, relationships have developed with people that frankly didn't get along, people that didn't like each other. They're now working together and maybe even in some cases learning about each other and liking each other. It's a nice thing. I invoked the Defense Production Act, uh, and last night we put it into gear. We moved the National Response Coordination Center to the highest level of activists. I mean, if you, if you take a look at what we did, uh, the level of activation has been increased to a grade one level, which is the highest level. We're providing uh, historic support to small businesses and to the states. The states need support. Normally, they do this themselves. But because of the magnitude of it, the federal government has gotten very much involved in terms of getting the equipment they need. So we're helping them. It's 
It's a responsibility they have, but we are helping the states a lot. That's why the governors, I think, in every case have been impressed and very nice. We enacted legislation guaranteeing paid sick leave for workers at no cost to employers. And I think it's very important. So they get uh, paid sick leave at no cost to employers. We're accelerating the use of new drug treatments. We're advancing legislation to give direct payments to hardworking families. Throughout our country, Americans from all walks of life are rallying together to defeat the unseen enemy, striking our nation. In times of struggle, we see the true greatness of the American character. And we are seeing that. A lot of people are talking about it. We're at 141 countries, from what they're telling me. And uh, some of those countries are really working uh, in a unified manner. And they're working very unified with us, almost, uh, I could say, a good, a good number of them. Doctors and nurses are working nonstop to heal the sick. Citizens and churches are delivering meals to the needy. Truckers are making the long haul to keep shelves stocked. We've been dealing with the big stores and the big chains, Walmart. They've been fantastic and others. They've all been fantastic. We've made it much easier for them to stock in terms of travel and travel restrictions. We're lifting restrictions so they can get their trucks on time. You're seeing very few empty shelves. And yet the amount of volume that they're doing is unprecedented because people want to have what they have to have, what they feel they have to have. And they're also buying in slightly smaller quantities, which is good, because uh, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here. So I want to thank all of those very great companies for working so well. Americans from every walk of life are coming together. And thanks to the spirit of our people, we will win this war. And we are. We're winning and we're going to win this war. America will triumph and America will rise higher than ever before. We'll be stronger than ever before. And we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about relying on other countries. And uh, I can say that I think in both a very good and a very bad way. Uh, some good things came out of it and some not so good things came out of it. So I'd like to move now to invite our team to provide information on the new measures to prevent viral spread at our borders. And I'll start by asking Secretary of State Pompeo to speak. He's doing a fantastic job. And like everyone else, he's been working very, very long and very, very hard. And he's doing the other more uh, normal jobs of a great Secretary of State. But uh, he got he got tied into this like everybody else, and he's been really doing a fantastic job. Mike, please. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, before I uh, address uh, the efforts that we've been engaged in to push back against the Chinese virus, I want to assure the American people that, as President Trump just said, your State Department, your entire national security team is uh, staying focused on the other diplomatic challenges around the world. Those include uh, reducing risk to America from Afghanistan, holding the Iranian regime accountable for its mine activity, and our counterterrorism efforts against ISIS remain a priority for our team. Our number one uh, priority across those mission sets remains the protection of the American people. The President and our team are very focused on it. 
I'll take this moment, too, to thank uh, my team, State Department team, who is working long hours all around the world to take care of Americans uh, who are stuck at places around the world. I'll talk about that more in just a, a minute. You've all seen Dr. Burks with me, State Department officials who's doing great work, but I want to I give a shout-out to all of the State Department team here in Washington and around the world that are working overtime uh, to help us push back against this uh, pandemic. Uh, under the President's leadership this week, we've taken two important steps. First, as President Trump announced on Wednesday, the United States and Canada jointly agreed to restrict all non-essential traffic across our border. This decision goes into effect tonight at midnight. The restrictions will be reviewed after 30 days, uh, and they exclude traffic and movement across the border for work or other essential reasons. We're grateful to have such an outstanding friend to the North who is committed, as we are, to defeating this virus. Uh, I also want to announce today uh, that the United States and Mexico have agreed to restrict non-essential travel across our shared border. Both our countries know the importance uh, of working together to limit the spread of the virus and ensure that uh, commerce that supports our economy continues to keep flowing. Uh, here, too, the United States is uh, glad to have a friend who's working si side by side us in the fight. Uh, Secretary uh, Wolf will talk a little bit more about the details of how we're working alongside our partner in Mexico to keep our southern border safe and secure as well. Uh, on another note, yesterday the State Department issued a Level 4 Global Travel Advisory. This means that all international travel from U.S. citizens should be avoided. In countries where commercial departure options remain available, U.S. citizens who reside in the United States should arrange for immediate return to the United States unless they're prepared to remain abroad for an extended time. If you choose to travel internationally, your travel plans may well be severely disrupted. Uh, and finally, I want to talk about the disinformation that people are seeing both on Twitter and around the world, some of it coming from government, some of it coming from other individuals. Just urge everyone, as they're seeing information, uh, information that at one time suggested somehow this virus emanated from the United States Army, this informa uh, information about lockdowns that are taking place, uh, every American, indeed, people all around the world should ensure that where they turn to for information uh, is a reliable source and not uh, a bad actor trying to uh, create and flow uh, information that they know is wrong. Uh, this is a tough fight. The American people are tougher. Our diplomatic teams are working around the clock to help them keep safe both home and abroad. And we're showing once again uh, the global leadership that America has always delivered. And it's been great to see countries around the world rally behind what President Trump and our team are doing. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. And we'll take questions right after this. Uh, Chad Wolf, yes? Right behind you. Well, let me start off by thanking the President and the Vice President for their continued leadership and commitment for protecting the American people during this crisis. Early on, the President, again, took unprecedented actions to restrict travel from areas affected with the coronavirus. And to date, DHS has screened over 200,000 individuals coming back from those affected countries. This has been an immense undertaking, but one that the men and women of DHS have successfully accomplished. Today's announcement is yet another example of the extraordinary steps the administration is taking to ensure the safety of the American public. Before I comment on the CDC order that I'm sure Secretary Azar will later elaborate on, let me first address the progress as uh, Secretary Pompeo and others uh, have made with our Canadian and Mexican partners regarding cross-border travel. As we continue to evaluate common sense measures that reduce risk and prevent further spread, it only makes sense that we have looked, to, uh, looked at the measures that our neighbors to the north and south are undertaking. And so we've been working closely with those partners since the earliest days of this virus and the outbreak, 
And again, as the President uh, did, said earlier this week and Secretary Pompeo, we've reached an agreement, an agreement with both Canada and Mexico to, elim uh, to limit non-essential travel across our land borders. Uh, let me be clear that neither of these agreements with Canada or Mexico applies to lawful trade or commerce. Essential commercial activities will not be impacted. We will continue to maintain a strong and secure economic supply chain across our borders. A few examples of essential travel include, but certainly are not limited to, individuals traveling for medical purposes, to attend educational institutions, for emergency response, public health services, and individuals engaged in lawful cross-border trade. As the Secretary uh, said, the agreements with both Canada and Mexico will go into effect uh, on Saturday, March 21st. Furthermore, we're also working collaboratively with Canada and Mexico to take decisive joint action regarding individuals seeking entry between our ports of entry. Now, I'm going to stop it right there, you guys. And I'm going to play something for you, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. And I'm going to do this for my phone. From dozens of countries, and we've had this problem for decades, for decades, you know the story, but now it's... Uh, with the national emergencies and all of the other things that we've declared, we can actually do something about it. We're taking a very strong hold of that. And we have before, but this is now at a level that nobody's ever approached. In normal times, these... In normal times? In normal times? Are you ready? In normal times? Massive flows place a vast burden on our healthcare system. But during a global pandemic, they threatened to create a perfect storm. It is a perfect storm. And this is what it is because it's here and it is upon us and we will hear it. I want you all to celebrate a new type of Christmas because it's coming. And what you are seeing is pretty incredible. So I thought today... Obviously, they're telling you what they're doing. They're telling you how they're going to alleviate you from your debts, your credit card payments. You can call them and say coronavirus, you know, uh, kick back, relax, enjoy your time. For those of you that can, uh, you know, try or reach out. God has been so kind. Um, you know, just get some pantry stuff, um, water, pasta, which for some reason they seemed really expensive. Um, yesterday I decided to go and yes, everything was cleared out. Uh, no proteins. <laughs> so I bought two turkeys. Uh, so we're going to be having Thanksgiving dinner for a while. Now, you know, we're seeing this and we're terrified. Will it hurt us? Will it harm us? But I've been telling you for a few weeks now exactly what is going on. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, people can tell you something that is so phantasmical <laughs> that you just can't fathom it. Then there's other means of... Uh, mm, conveying this communication uh, through written word. I mean, I urge all of you to look at my past articles from 2018, from 2019. Yes, I go that far back. <laughs> but I want to play a clip for you guys from my New Year's 
episode, episode 35 for my first season in 2019, January 1st. And you can find my stuff on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. I encourage you to listen to my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day show because I tell you what the real war is, artificial intelligence in China. Now, I was the first one to tell you that we should thank President Xi. The reason I said it in that way is because you are all starting to wake up. You are all starting to see exactly what is happening. And you can't fathom it. You can't. How can you believe all of this? But I have also told you that I have a massive dossier on Epstein. So the president today told you about the perfect storm that they brought upon us. And this is it. They had this planned. This was the plan. Exercises in 2018 and 2019 about coronavirus. Why are they now praising the president? Because their puppets are asking them to. Help him stop this. Make him stop this. You know, in almost a very weird way, there are uh, there's a website that talks about stopping the spread of coronavirus, right? And what was interesting is I was having a conversation with someone in regards to this. And this website that had the stop the spread, you know, site, <laughs> do your part to help stop the spread. The stop was in target practice brackets was it telling you to do your part the spread because again it is not it is dangerous any bio warfare is dangerous but as it was said on the day of prayer using what was meant for evil and turning it into good you know Nobody is paying attention to who these people, and this is why they are keeping it quiet, of who these people are that are getting sick. That's all you have to look at. California, shelter in place. California, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest people for not being indoors and off the streets. Wait a minute. Does that count with illegals? Is that catch and release? What are you saying? Why is California so important? Because you think they will all be infected? Because why? What does LA have? What do they have? What does Chicago have aside from a number of Hummers being driven into it. What are we seeing? So I'm just going to play a little bit of my clip from January 1st, 2019. Take a listen. Mafia being arrested. Appointments for Supreme Court. Maybe even the removal of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. All of these things. All these criminals that have been operating, working, and functioning against us. Those that underestimated the Chinese. All of them will be held accountable in the next two years. Did you hear that? I told you that the Chinese were going to hold all of them accountable. 
the Chinese were going to hold them all accountable in the next two years because they underestimated China. We will crush the global economy by flipping it on its head. Oh, dear. Did I call that? (laughs) My bad. I'm just trying to tell you that if you actually want to know what the future holds, you must be able to accurately calculate all the variables of the past for today, and it will give you the guideline you need. Now, how do I do this? Well, I use the quantum computer between my two ears, and you should too. I mean, (laughs) it's not as easy as I say. But I've been here giving you exactly what the news are supposed to be when they're supposed to be in order to promote more change. And this isn't the first time people have sources, right? Because these reality hackers are vicious, They hack your reality by guiding you into the pen. Marco Rubio with his misspelling of martial law. Really? Was it really a misspelling? He used the word to pen you sheep into where he wants. Let's take a listen. By making sure that our dollar matters, that it is backed. That's something the Chinese didn't see coming. You know, they've been planning this. Any of you heard of BRICS? That's a separate type of economic organization, but, you know, we'll talk about that later, like maybe around March when it's more relevant. For now, all you need to know is... But what March? Was it March 2019 or March 2020? See, these are the things. Sometimes you can just slip under the radar. Those that have been listening to me for a while, I mean, you can go back and listen to it rather than me um, give you, you know, direction. As uh, the great JFK one said, the times are too grave, the challenge too urgent, and the stakes too high to permit the customary passions of political debate. We are not here to curse the darkness, but to light a candle that can guide us through the darkness to a safe and sane future. Now, having said that, I just want you to know that it's common practice, just so you know, that during the resurrection uh, ceremony, uh, I call it a ceremony because I, 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 I tell you guys, you know what, this, this April... If you're in a city or a town that has an Orthodox church, either that be Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, whatever Orthodox, right? I urge you to go on Easter Sunday, the 19th of April, the last day. You know, it's actually the Passover day for the Jews. And I urge you the night before, midnight Saturday, to just go and see the process of what they mean of the Great Awakening or the Resurrection, Because the way it happens is after prayer and midnight mass, at midnight, the lights go down. They turn off every single light in the church. There is nothing. You can't see anything, not even your nose. And then the priest comes out with a candle. And that light is spread to each and every person in that church, person to person to person to person. 
until the lights come back on because it is only from one candlelight or many different candlelights that we pass the flame on until there is light. So if you remember my New Year's episode for 2020 was let there be light because light (laughs) is the enemy of darkness and darkness is the friend of those that live in it. Think of all the power these people have. Think how many, you know, this FISA stuff, uh, surveillance, you know, we just sunset that stuff. Uh, How many people were illegally spied on and targeted and how many of those are still active? Well, we have the sunset clause, so I hope they're not. You know, whatever is being collected in the upstream, and I've said this so many times, uh, IG Stort, you are so in trouble. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Because whenever you, you, you see them, that they don't have the ability to push the buttons, pull the levers, what do they do? They get together. And that's Australia. Boy, Australia is having a tough time right now, right? Our five high allies, guys, right? Look at them now. They got to buckle up and they got to buck up because they're going to be asking for help. Isn't it fun to see them come to you for help? And you're going to be like, Tori, how dare you say that? When people are dying, what people are dying? How do you know they're dying? Which people are dying? Show me who is dying. Who is being affected by this? The elderly. And that's what sucks. Because in every war, there is a casualty and those that are the weakest get hurt. And this is why we are supposed to take care of ourselves. We need to isolate ourselves. But you know, while all these, you know, people like, you know, that are stars that make these videos, right? You can hide in Australia or like others hide in Africa and you can go wherever you wish. You can be in your living room making phone calls to other stars because you're bored. You know, a certain, you know, they monitor you to make sure you're where you are, right? You just have to think, I don't care if you have HVAC. I don't care if you don't open your window. Anything can happen. And we want to make sure that those that are most vulnerable are safe. Stay away from children. Because those that are evil. Oh, and it sounds so bad. So I'm going to stop right there because I do not want to use it in that sense. You know, huh? You just have to think our future is what always proves the past. Your past is necessary in order to go forward. Christopher Ray, he's been sleeping for a while. Mm-hmm. That's to come now. Christopher Ray is going to come now. You have to think, gosh darn it, they can't even pull out anything to distract us. So people are busy on the internet now that they're at home. They're finding out that we're dumping stock. It's not illegal. You don't have to look at who's selling. Look at who was buying. Look at who was buying. See, the selling is whatever. Look at who was buying. Don't look at who was selling. Look at who was buying and look at what they were buying last year. 
last year. So again, the illusion of democracy is being shown as an illusion. It's like the biggest David Blaine trick ever to the people. You have to think. Now we're getting Trump bucks. Thank God, right? For me, I'm saying, thank God, I am going to get some Trump bucks. Uh, So we're getting Trump bucks and people are like, well, nothing's free. It's not taxes. Well, it's really not. Look at all these people that resigned within the past week. Now, those of you that are subscribers to my Subscribestar are going to get the really big picture. Because even though the shows are like an hour long where I talk about a very specific topic, I've organized it in a way to ease you into what you will see occur. You heard the president tell us today that this was the, st- the perfect storm upon us, right? You heard him say it. These people will foam at the mouth. Despotism, oh, they're innate right, of course. It's their duty to, you know, do things like this. Listen, listen, they are all ready, already sliding in their new order. You remember what Reagan said? Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in their bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. We are in a lazy time period. People are lazy. We want things instantly. And hey, I'm victim to it just as you. My human side, I'm telling you. The one that is not on the radio, not talking to you totally. I want things instantly. I want things delivered to me. I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, do things, right? I don't want to go digging, even though sometimes I crave it. I'm just saying I can't dig where I am anyway. But we need to know that the generation of today, those dildo waivers, have this group think collective and hey, don't get me wrong, we have it on the right too. Because if a certain group of people don't say it, then it's not true. It is not true. How many of you sat there and pondered? Because I've had a lot of you message me, wait a minute, why are you talking about malaria drugs? That's a parasite. Remember when we were talking about it over a week ago, those of you that heard the coronavirus episode heard about the HIV drug that is a flu drug, right? We all talked about it. So all of you were asking me questions. Well, what does this have to do with it? Everything has to do with it. Everything. It's all about freeing your thoughts so that you can understand what is in front of you. You have been conditioned to look straight ahead rather than unlock that and just, hey, use your peripheral vision a little bit. No one owns information. It's free. And I've said it again and again and again. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Don't you feel that national pride sometimes, right? That patriotism where you're, you just... You just love the people around you because they're your fellow Americans. That, that, that love that you feel when you see that flag go up, that devotion, because that's the only thing right now that makes sense to anybody in this nation. That's the thing. When you wake up, you'll be able to see, think of it as I said, at like the during the resurrection service at an Orthodox church, the lights are dark 
There is no light. You can't even see your nose. That's how pitch dark it is. And then suddenly in the depth of the church, you know, the, the, the priest or the bishop comes out with one little flame, which is a flame that they actually fly in from Jerusalem, believe it or not. And lo and behold, the light is spread among the people because it is our job to pass the light to the person standing next to us, even if you know them or not. And this is how you wake up. When you're awake, you tend to see outside of the box that they've put you in. No more groupthink. No more, well, this person analyzes better, so I listen to them. No, you should listen to everybody. Every single person. And the only person that does the analysis is you. That's the way it has to be. Look at my previous articles. Sometimes, I, like the article I wrote about Pelosi where I was calling out her meth container that was stopped in Australia. Was it meth? Meth. Epinephrine. <laughs> and adrenochrome. All in a different base produce adrenochrome. Well, meth and epinephrine. I'm just saying. One in an oxygen base and the other one in a more iron hydrocarbon base produces adrenochrome. So I told you about that. But in that article, I also told you how the STOP Act was created for Pelosi and how even though they passed it, it was applicable to all of the people of the United States, but excludes them. So they made this fancy law because Pelosi got the IPO on Visa, but it doesn't apply to them. It applies to you and me. That's how they make you mental slaves. So, and also people that hoard or say that, hey, I've got the answers. Nobody else does, right? Don't listen to anybody else. I've got the answers. Those are the people you should be very, very scared of. Because again, despotism is a right that the cabal has. And sometimes, Every human, thanks to the primordial sin, feels that they can do this too. We need to make sure that the new guards that they are training, right, is not a new guard under their command, but it is a free man. What you are seeing, what you have been seeing, is the dismantling of the old guard, the good old boy club, right? That is all you have to remember. That we as a nation are beginning to become unified. You know, uh, there was a person out um, in the supermarket and I was um, looking for, believe it or not, canned beets. Um, they're very good for you, but they might scare you if you eat them, you know, and then you pee and then it's red and you're like, oh my gosh. But I went to get some canned beets and there was um, a woman there with a Biden shirt on, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, she was wearing a mask and gloves and everything. And I asked her, because I'm super tall and stuff, hey, can you, can you grab me that can? And she was like, sure. And I was like, um, so you're immunocompromised, I'm sorry. She was like, no man, thank God for that president, man. I said, who? And she's wearing a Joe Biden shirt, okay? What do you mean? Well, thank God for Trump. 
because I was worried about money and he's going to take care of it. I called my credit card company, hence why I said the credit card thing. I might actually use that excuse, uh, you know, telling him that I can't make ends meet. And, um, you know, he's really doing a lot for the nation. She's wearing a Biden shirt, but she's praising President Trump. The country is unifying under this man and you will see them unify even more. And no matter how many distractions we have, the first public arrest will actually verify to you, my listener, who wants to listen, who wants to analyze, to you where we're going. And they can delay this all they want, but it's happening. It is happening You have to think as to why they were so adamant of taking away our Second Amendment right. There was a reason that they did it. So I want you to just trust your gut. Believe in your gut. Think about it. This isn't about, you know, selling clown agency secrets or military tech or NSA bulk data or, you know, uh, selling our security or, you know, (laughs) kind of like food stamps. They've been swapping USAID, right? Or about uranium or national security and planets, which, by the way, did you know that Google? Well, we'll talk about that in the second hour. But this is about crimes against humanity, This is not a joke. We can deal with the selling of uranium, you know, national security in space. I mean, by the way, Sky Fortress, we're already ready for that and we know it. Hence, Space Force. So think, if you can do all that, sell our, you know, security secrets, uh, you know, pass around uranium like crazy, create jihadi, sell our military tech, sell our state secrets, swap our, you know, USAID, our federal tax dollars for your benefit. You could do all of this and still not destroy the United States. You change your way. You can't, you can't seem to topple the United States by bleeding it dry like that. So what do you do? You're like, Darn it, we're exploding them like this. Great, great, great. Well, now let's go for the kill. What's the kill? You do it from the inside, an inside job. So what do you do? You crash your own infrastructure by bringing in all of these migrants and then you divide every single person there. No borders, no financial stability, no nothing. You're going to have military police out in the roads. I mean, and you put in people in power that think like... uh, Pelosi and them, you know, the ones that have been in office and have done nothing for 30 years. So think how many, um, how many people, so remember, I broke that story on Peter Strzok being raised in Iran. Remember, I'm the one that broke it. I don't care how many times people repurposed it, but I spoke from a, from, how do they say it? Um, you know, in those Democrat socialist things where they're like speaking from, um, gosh darn it, somebody DM it to me because I wanted to say it like that. But I, I know what I was talking about when I was talking about him being in Iran. And there are, and when I tell you that I have an Epstein dossier, I mean, my article on Epstein on Tory says is nothing. I've got a treasure trove. When you find out the atrocities that are happening in Africa right now, You will understand why I have been telling you that the future will not look kindly upon us. 
the atrocities. You know, how many of you see videos of, um, you know, uh, little chickies put into a grinder so they can make chicken nuggets for and all while they're chirping? It makes you sick, right? What about dogs in a walk or stuck in an oven or being burnt alive so they can be crispy? Makes you sick to your stomach, right? Totally disgusting. What if that stuff was happening to human beings like little babies or, or toddlers or kids? Do you know, and I'm writing this up, this is way out there, but I just want to show you how it can't be a coincidence. I mean, at some point you have to say, all right, there's got to be some silent, you know, war with an invisible enemy, invisible, not because you can't see them because it's a virus, invisible because they walk among you. Okay. Invisible because they walk among you, among you. How would you feel if I told you that right on Twitter, you had one very well-known person sit there and show you what they believe? Do you know that there's like this um, satanic thing where they take flowers and they put blood of like 75 children and they make a bread out of it? Totally. And you would think, well, that's dumb. Well, I can tell you from a perspective of a more... um, computational perspective, right? It's really not if you know exactly who your enemy really is. And we deny it all the time. Hence why prayer is so important. I mean, how can you discern fact from fiction when that that you've been taught is fiction is actually fact? And they've trained your soul to follow the majority and the mainstream POV. Because what you fear is going against the grain and being maimed. Because yes, they will come for you. Oh, do they come for you. And you know, no matter how sneaky you think you are, and I I thought I was, they will make sure that they have a guard slotted. They will have you flanked and in their box and you're choice, right, is to dominate that feeling, to be above it. You know, you can't use the theory that, oh, well, 1,000 people believe this is correct and only two believe this is correct. So it's got to be the 1,000 people. You've been trained so well. It's time, it's time for you to sit back and trust in you, trust your gut, believe in yourself because your intellectual freedom doesn't exist if you cannot. And this is important. We don't need an echo chamber. We don't need gatekeepers. We need people that think for themselves. And I've been saying this for two years on air. And I've been telling you about things two years in advance. And yet I'm not, you know, maybe I have a crystal ball. Maybe I am a time traveler. Or maybe I'm just really good at predictive mathematics because I use the quantum computer between my ears. Or maybe it's because I stand on the moon and look down where you can see the heat maps. And you can do that too. But the point is, do you want to? Do you want to open your eyes? Because a lot of us are refusing to. Gosh, I know I am. I refuse to look at something that I do not want to address at the moment because it brings me too much pain. And that is normal. But you have to think really outside of the box. Why was Google developing an AI for planetary surveillance? Think, why would they do this? 
And Google has been working with communists, uh, with the communist Chinese party, um, you know, doing that deep mind, the AI Manhattan projects. Do you guys remember that? And deep mind dip- disputed Vori's statements um, that he made saying that it doesn't have operations in China. Oh, by the way, how many people in Google resigned? Do you, did you guys read my article on Hillary's? head of the Clinton Foundation that went to Ukraine and how Google invested my, right? We've taken Google back. You guys have seen that already, right? Now, Google has gotten into a lot of trouble in the past, you know, for doing business with China. But AI company called DeepMind, <laughs> what does DeepMind do? It's like a godlike AI system. But what if the AI system, right, It's an AI system that is able to ingest the available public information on the internet and make sense of it. What does it mean by make sense of it? That is what they say it does. A deep mind. It's scientific research organization that's headquartered in the UK and does not have operations in China. Wait a minute. Are you saying it's linked to the crown? That's all you have to remember because the royals are foaming at the mouth and the royals would really love to get their hands on their deep mind investments. That is something that will blow your mind when it comes out. Mind, 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 mind. Your mind is the only thing you have that they want. Your thoughts are what they want to control. Again, in this time of turmoil, I'll end it with this um, and, and go for a break. All you have to remember is that we are in control and they are not. And time is now. I'll see you all in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news. Real news. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Tory Says Show. Always here 12 to 2, uh, Monday through Friday. And those of you that are on Subscribestar, 
you're getting the picture kind of like spoon fed. I don't want to say spoon fed because I don't consider my listeners stupid because they're actually waking up or are awake. Um, But hopefully you are getting to where I am getting you to revisiting things. And I thought it's important for us uh, to remember what we heard in the first hour. And I'm going to play that again um, now that I have it on the computer so it's clear so you can hear him. They threatened to create a perfect storm the circumstances where this just came upon us. They threatened to create a perfect storm the circumstances where this just came upon us. Listen, it is the perfect storm that they wanted to create in order to round us all up after impeachment and China stuck to their plan. China stuck to it to help them because it thought, hey, you're going to reduce and I'm still going to have and I'm going to be fine. But what is it that they said in that forbidden place? Let me tell you something. Let's, for those of you that are not Christian, this is just going to be some foundational knowledge. But one thing we all do, um, we all have realized through our faith, those of us that have studied uh, the Old Testament, New Testament, and even other, you know, writings that are religious in nature, we've realized one thing that those that do good are always the ones that were hookers, thieves, right? They were always the worst, right? Weren't they? You're just like, have you guys um, seen this app? It's free. It's called uh, The Chosen. It's completely free, especially now with the uh, coronavirus, the Kung flu going around, right? They've made it free and you can binge watch. I'll tell you, I love seeing the last days of life of Jesus, the way they're interpreted. I actually really love their rendition and it's free and you can pay or you cannot pay. I remember a while, while back when I paid, um, you know, first I watched an episode, right? And it said, oh, well, since you didn't pay for it, so-and-so had made a donation, so you're able to stream it. I encourage all of you uh, to sit down and watch it. It's free if you don't have the money to pay for it or pay anything. You can donate to it, and it'll tell you who and in what state or country paid so that you can watch, which is even more incredible. It shows that unity. See, the one thing of a good army is that not everybody knows who's on the same team. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story about that. So it was a very, very long, long, long time ago before anyone was on the internet and it was 1994. I was a kid. Um, I had uh, finished high school uh, early um, and I had already attended a secondary high school because I was bored. I was already in college at the time, super nerd, right? But I was always on Um, chat rooms where I would discuss theories of ethics and philosophy and do math. I was, you know, I was really into it. And I remember that there was something going on and a plan was formed between a bunch of us numbers that were on there. Uh, Because at the time you would pick, I actually used to have... um, my tag name, as we would call them back then, on those uh, 
underground sites was neovirus. That was um, that was my <laughs> that was my my tag neovirus. And this was um, just before I was recruited um, at my um, you know when I went to renew my my passport at uh, an embassy while I was uh, hanging out with my family overseas. And I remember that when we when we were getting together to do this plan, the funny thing is, is that we wanted to like take over like this coding of some game thing, right? I'm just, you know, it sounds really bad, but hey, and all of us were numbers in that specific room. So when we went to the other room in order to hijack it um, and get like, you know, the little Easter eggs and whatnot, none of us knew who was on the same team. And that made it even better because I remember that at the end when we got the prize, uh, which was to outdo uh, the other team of gaining uh, that Easter egg, and I'm kind of making it as simple as possible, it was really incredible to see that people that I knew... I thought that were working with me to gain the Easter egg were actually on my team. But when I saw them in action, I thought that they weren't on my team. Does that make sense? Because the best way to attack a big enemy and the big enemy was a big corporation and get these um, this Easter egg was to not know who's working with you. And at the end, it's just the prize that counts because that prize actually allowed for this game to 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 go i'll just put it like that and it was at that time that i realized that teamwork doesn't necessarily mean you need to know your team and i'm just going to leave it at that and replay this they threatened to create a perfect storm they did they didn't threaten. They planned it. They had it ready, but we had the plans. Why? Because your reality hackers, Concast and whatnot, you know, all of them, they are hacking your reality. And you know what's funny? Is that the president today called it out. Oh, Alexander. Oh, Listen. What do you say the Americans were... Remember how I told you, and those of you that are subscribed to our last week, I was talking about frequencies. We vibrate, Right frequencies they want to keep you in panic mode because when you're resonating at a low frequency you can't think you can't function you're in fear you're constantly issuing and releasing cortisol and it's totally fogging your mind up so here's what the president had to say to this question what do you say the americans were scared though i guess nearly 200 dead 14, you were sick. Millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers, and they're looking for hope. And you're doing sensationalism, and uh, the same with NBC and Comcast. I don't call it, I don't call it Comcast. I call it Comcast. Let me just tell for whom you work. Let me just tell you something. That's really bad reporting. And you ought to get back to reporting instead of sensationalism. Let's see if it works. It might and it might not. I happen to feel good about it, but who knows? I've been right a lot. Let's see what happens, John. And he has been right a lot. 
you know, everyone keeps talking about, well, oh, how do you know? Like yesterday, I was like, how do you, on my Tory Says page, I was like, how do you feel about your senators and congresspersons unloading tons of stock and, you know, making buku dollars? And you know what I had? I had, I, you know, and I shared it on my personal page because I put it public sometimes because I know people for some reason don't follow my page, but follow me separately when I only use Facebook to like talk to family. So in like the friend thing, it's totally online. Like even my friends don't see my friends. Okay. Cause nobody needs to know who I'm connected with. And if we're connected and you're my friend and you're connected to the friend, you'll see that we have common friends, but that's about it because I like to keep my personal personal super personal obviously in this day and age it's not really possible and especially when you're like me and you have a hundred million targets on your back you know because you know those blues man anyway so i had someone really where's the proof so if you want to see consistency see what the president has said all this time and understand has he ever been wrong not really If you want to see proofs of people actually knowing what they're talking about, look at what they talked about a month ago, two months ago, a year ago, two years ago, and they're proving to you that they obviously know something that Comcast and the rest of the blue check marks and your analysts don't. Aren't we supposed to be about the message? Aren't we supposed to be about the awakening? So what's the problem here that we're seeing? Why are we conflicting here? Because let me tell you something. Everyone that is good is working together and doesn't know. And everyone, every one of those digital soldiers has been able to find the right voice and has been able to employ Uh, the perfect way to convey it in their own sense, either directly or indirectly. And I take you back to that Google experiment. You think that Google experiment, that AI called DeepMind is something new? Do you think that they've been trying to create artificial intelligence now? (laughs) One day when I'm able to, we'll have this, uh, you know, dossier drop that I have on Epstein. I have been following him ever since forever. And he actually opened my eyes to complete disappointment uh, to certain people that I had, you know, I had the, uh, at that point, I thought it was an honor to meet, but I only, only to realize that uh, everybody has a price and everybody does have a price. Everybody has a price. There is not a person. Uh, Tori, do you have a price? Well, you know, not when I'm in debt, right? That's the thing. I'll have a price when I'm comfortable, but not when I'm in debt. I guess I go against the grain, right? So when I feel like I owe something, I don't have a price. You cannot buy me. Uh, If I'm in the position in the red, and not talking just money, right? We're talking heart spent. We're talking soul spent. We're talking mission spent. If I'm in the red, that is when I can't be sold. So think of this. How many of your clown agents have zero debt? I just want to make it clear because when someone is supposedly in power when the man has his pockets full and is perfectly stable 
and has no disruptions and no chaos, they are the ones that are the first to be sold. Because that is when they realize what is in it for me. And you're going to say, wait a minute. So you're saying we should be in poverty and only then do we not sell out to evil. But that doesn't make sense. Usually, if you are in poverty, like a mom that has no money and needs to get baby formula, you'll steal it. You have a price. No, you steal it for preservation. But if someone says, hey, you know, depending on the character, though. I'll, you know, give you that formula and give you this, but you do this for me. You know, the person's like, no, this was an out of necessity that I was going to steal it. No way am I going to do worse and worse because karma, what we call karma is what you do for evil will turn into good and that will be satisfied. I just want you guys to understand how all of this is working. And I want you when, you know, you're at home now, most of you, except for I know I have a listener that's a truck, a few listeners that are truck drivers. Thank you. Thank you for driving around. You know, you're safe. You and your families are safe. That's all we have to know. Like the president said, calm down. Why are you gaslighting the people? Why are you scaring the people? I mean, we see CNN say, this much percentage is going to die. That's a million people. That's a lot of dead bodies. But then you have to think, what kind of dead bodies? I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, shifting a little bit on gears, um, I wanted um, to remind you of a clip. Just so you can see how good guys can hijack bad guys, I guess. Mm, I guess. So good guys can hijack bad guys. It's, um, it's pretty interesting. Good guys hijacking bad guys. So here we go. They're showing a graphic that said Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg had died. The network blamed the mistake on a control room error. Some sad news to report. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. She was a stalwart of the court. In other news, in an affront to the animal kingdom, gay pandas have... What's this? Oh, this just in. Tragedy has struck again when all remaining members of the Supreme Court were devoured by wolves. A nation mourns. For more on this story, we go to our correspondent, Ainsley Farblaw. Ainsley? What's that? Oh, this is devastating. Without any verification, Fox is reporting that my colleague Ainsley Farblaugh has been struck by a meteor. Our thoughts go out to her family, who we believe perished shortly after when they were kicked to death in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament. Our thoughts and prayers. Now, back to the news. Bisexual penguins. What's that? Oh, this just in. Earlier today, I drunkenly piloted my pontoon boat into an alligator refuge. I will be sorely missed. So here is where they made fun of the fact that they were hijacked. Now, think, were they hijacked or were you being shown what was supposed to happen and didn't happen? This is this is how you hijack how you hijack the bad guys. Your um, your your reality hackers. Now. 
on that, I want to listen to a little bit of Q&A. Remember what I said? All you have to do is listen to your president. He'll tell you everything you need to know. Let's go. Uh, and uh, invoked it yesterday. We have a lot of people working very hard to do ventilators and various other things. Yes. So you're using it now to tell businesses that you can make it. ventilators, masks, are, respirators? For, for certain uh, things that we need, okay. including, uh, including some of the very important emergency. I would say ventilators, probably more masks uh, to a large extent. We have millions of masks which are coming and which will be distributed to the states. The states are having a hard time getting them, so we... Uh, we're using the act. The act is very good for things like this. We have millions of masks that we've ordered. They will be here soon. We're having them shipped directly to states. So you said you would only, you were signing this, but not invoking it. This is what you said yesterday, and that you would only do so in a worst case scenario. Yeah. So are we now Less, in a worst case scenario? Uh, we, we need, no, it's no different other than we need certain equipment that the states are unable to get by themselves. So we're invoking it to use the powers of the federal government to help the states get things that they need, like the masks, like the ventilators. Yes, Steve? Governor Cuomo has done in, in New York. Uh, is there any more consideration to a national lockdown to keep people in their homes? I don't think so. Uh, uh, essentially, you've done that in California. You've done that in New York. Those are really two hotbeds. Those are probably the two hottest of them all in terms of hotspots. Uh, I don't think so, because you go out to the Midwest, you go out to other locations, and uh, they're watching it on television, but they don't have the same problems. They don't have, by, by any means, the same problem. Uh, New York, California, Miami. The governor's doing an excellent job. Governor just... Hot spots. What is that supposed to mean? Like, who is aggregated there more that can be vulnerable to the coronavirus? Is it the population? Because I can tell you there's dense populated other cities that aren't hot spots. Santos uh, in Florida. Uh, we have some pretty hot spots in Florida, too. But we're uh, general in the state of Washington, of course, but that was largely, if you look at it, it was one nursing home that had problems like you wouldn't believe. So, no, we're uh, working with the governors, and uh, I don't think you'll, I don't think we'll ever find that necessary. We're about a week into your 15-day guidelines. Are you happy with the progress? Would you like to see? Uh, I am happy. I am happy with it. Uh, We'll have to see what the results are at the end of 14 days, let's say. We'll know by the 15th day to see what we do. Uh, But I'm certainly uh, honored by the way the American people are working, because it's work. It's work not to work. This is the first time this has ever happened. And we're working out a tremendous financial package for them so they don't work. Whoever heard of this? Usually you work out a financial package to get people working. We're asking people not to work. Social distancing, a new term that's become probably the hottest term there is. So, um, no, I'm very honored by the way the American people are are uh, taking this, I mean, so seriously. Yes, John? Mr. President, a uh, question for you and a question for Dr. Fauci, if I could. <clears throat> There's been some concern among Democrats on Capitol Hill that the phase three fiscal stimulus is weighted too much in favor of corporations and not enough in terms of individuals. Uh, what did your conversations with Senator Schumer yield on that front? Well, I think that really all of that is being discussed right now. We talked about, uh, as an example, buybacks, stock buybacks. I don't want to have stock buybacks. I don't want people spending... I don't want some executive saying we're going to buy 200,000 shares of stock. I want that money to be used for the workers and also for the company, to keep the company going, but not for buybacks. I would, uh, I mean, I haven't spoken to a lot of the Republicans or Democrats on it. We discussed it, and I, I don't like buybacks. I didn't like them the first time. 
Argument, Senator Schumer. So we're, 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 discussing, we're discussing that we're discussing many things. Are you on the same page from Senator Schumer? Uh, we're not so far away, I tell you. We're not very, we're not very far away. And to Dr. Fauci, if I could. Dr. Fauci, uh, as was explained yesterday, there has been some promise with hydroxychloroquine, this potential therapy for people who are infected with coronavirus. Is there any evidence to suggest that, as with malaria, it might be used as a prophylaxis against COVID-19? No. The answer is, is no. And, and the, the evidence that you're talking about, John, is anecdotal evidence. So as the commissioner of FDA and the president mentioned yesterday, we're trying to strike a, a balance between making something with a potential of an, a, of an effect uh, to the American people available at the same time that we do it under the auspices of a protocol that will give us information to determine if it's truly safe and truly effective. But the information that you're referring to specifically is anecdotal. It was not done in a controlled clinical trial, so you really can't make any definitive statement about it. I think uh, I'm, without uh, seeing too much, I'm probably more of a fan of that than uh, maybe than anybody. But I'm a big fan, and we'll see what happens. And uh, we all understand what the doctor said is 100% correct. It's early. But uh, we've, uh, you know, I've seen things that are uh, impressive. And we'll see. We're going to know soon. We're going to know soon, In including safety. But, you know, when you get that safety, this has been prescribed for many years for people to combat malaria, which was a big problem, and it's very effective. It's a strong, it's a strong drug. So we'll see. It was fairly effective against SARS. It was a very, it was, as I understand that, I, I, is that a correct statement? It was fairly effective on SARS. John, you've got to be careful when you say fairly effective. It was never done in a clinical trial. They compared it to anything. It was given to individuals and felt that maybe it worked. So you've, but was there anything to compare it to? Well, that's the point. Whenever you do a clinical trial, you do standard of care versus standard of care plus the agent you're evaluating. That's the reason why we showed back in Ebola why particular uh, uh, interventions worked. About the possible therapies yesterday, Mr. President, you said that they were for, quote, immediate delivery, immediate. We heard no, we were ordering. Uh, yes, we have uh, uh, millions of units ordered. Uh, Bayer is one of the companies, as you know, big company, very big, very uh, great company. Uh, millions of units are ordered, and we're going to see what happens. We're going to be uh, talking to the governors about it, and the FDA is working on it right now. Uh, the advantage is that it has been prescribed for a totally different problem, but it has been described for many years, and everybody knows the levels of of uh, the, the negatives and the positives. Okay, so I'm going to skip forward just a little bit, but I only wanted to tell you off-label usage of drugs is used all the time. So for example, women that have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which means like their ovaries make like these cysts and don't really pop eggs, you know, they just make like, it looks like it's pearls sitting on their ovaries, right? Um, they start to have an insulin resistance and gain weight. So what do people prescribe them? They prescribe them glucophage or metformin, which is for diabetics, not because they're diabetic, but to help 
them mitigate the circumstance of the insulin resistance so they don't have insulin resistance until that resolves, they get surgery or whatever. And it also helps the hormone feedback cycles for women. Now, this was created for people that are diabetic, not for women that have ovarian, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome. But for some reason, used off-label, it works. Kind of like Viagra was for your blood pressure and it turned out to raise the pressure in another part of the male anatomy um, and used off-label, you know, because they saw that a side effect when people were taking a great for heart medication, but you know what I'm saying? So this is how we discover uses. Now, I've, I explained um, how the malaria drug works it tackles it from spreading, the parasite from spreading to get to the liver. Now, usually when you're going to go to a region like I have before, you know, for a couple weeks, you take anti-malaria drugs. So that way you have, uh, it's prophylactic. So it was a good question I'm asking, you know, do we take this prophylactic? No, because we're not fighting a parasite, right? But, you know, they're not asking questions for the people because it's not the people that have to worry it's not the humans with a little H. It's the humans with a capital H that have to worry. And you know what blows my mind is that nobody else says, well, hold on a second. Why are all these scientific sites classifying casualties and counting casualties in different humans? Like human with a capital H and human with a little H, canine with a capital C, canine with a little C. Like what is going on here? No one is asking that question. Because you know what? Sometimes the truth is so incredible that you're just like, nope, not going to listen. Just like deep mind. Nope, not going to listen. You know, what if someone told, Never mind. We'll leave that for another time. Now let's listen to some more questions that I fast forwarded to. Fundamentally, I think it probably is going to be safe, but I like to prove things first. So it really is a question of not a lot of difference. It's the hope that it will work versus proving that it will work. So I don't see big differences here. I agree. Sir, Mr. your President. message to Americans who are working at home, who have their children in their homes right now, who are homeschooling, doctors who say they don't have the masks they need to do their jobs, your message to them. My message to the... Let me tell you something before I forget. You're going to see how they call each other out. Now, you will see people like Hillary Clinton. You will see people like Barack Obama. You will see people from the Obama administration come out. And I guarantee you they will be talking about President Donald Trump in lowercase because they are going to target and say he is not affected by this. I guarantee you like it will happen I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. And when you see it, you're going to be like, stop, Tori, little H, capital H. The American people is that uh, there is a very low incidence of death. You understand that. And uh, we're going to come through this stronger than ever before. Uh, If you get it, if you happen to get it, uh, it is highly unlikely. It's looking like it's getting to a number that's much smaller than people originally thought in terms of the ultimate, uh, uh, the ultimate problem, which would be death. Uh, my message to the American people is, number one, you've done an incredible job, incredible, what you've gone through. It's been incredible. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't the fault of 140 other countries where this has happened. Uh, and there is tremendous hope. And I think we're going to come out stronger, better, bigger in every way. I think we're going to be a better country than we were before. And we learned a lot. We learned on reliance, who to rely on, who not to rely on. But our country, uh, 
Our country has been incredible, the way they pulled together, including the fact that I just spoke to Senator Schumer. We had a wonderful conversation. We both want to get to a good solution. But it's been really, for me, watching and seeing people that weren't speaking, getting along well, because we all have one common aim, and that's to get rid of this invisible enemy, get rid of it fast, and then go back to the kind of economy that we had, and maybe even better. Yeah, please, in the back. Um, no, the back, please. Yes. Mr. President, I have two questions to indulge me. The first question is, many small businesses are concerned that they have weeks, not months, and are worried about how long it'll take. We're going to be helping them a lot. We're going to be focused, a big focus, and including my conversation with both Mitch and with Chuck. A big focus of that conversation with small businesses, because they are really the engine behind our country, more so than the big ones. They are the engine behind our country. Second, if I may, sir, are you concerned about members of Congress that may have used information they learned on updates to sell stocks and profit off of this? I'm not aware of it. Uh, I saw some names. I'm not. I know all of them. Uh, I know uh, everyone mentioned uh, Diane Feinstein, I guess, and and. Uh, couple of others. I, I don't know too much about what it's about, but I find them to all be very honorable people. That's all I know. And they, and they said they did nothing wrong. I, I find them, the whole group, very honorable people. Yeah, please. Hello, Mr. President. So the whole group would include Richard Burr, the head of the Intelligence Committee, and it also would include Senator Kelly Loeffler. And so the question is whether or not they should be investigated for that behavior. Well, it also includes Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat. You didn't mention her name. Why didn't you mention her name? And I think she's a very honorable person, by the way. So I'm not saying, but so you know, it's senator, interesting that you mention two so people, but you don't mention one that happens to be a Democrat. Senator, any senator. Should they be I don't know because I'd have to look at it, possibly. But I find them to be honorable people. Yeah. You said the other day you compare yourself, you see yourself as a wartime president right now, leading the country through this pandemic that we're experiencing. Do you really think you know going off on Peter, going off on a network, is appropriate when the country is going through something? Okay, can we get rid of her? I do because I think uh, Peter is uh, a hack. You know, I've dealt with Peter for a long time. He needs to go. And I think Peter is uh, not a good journalist when it Very comes to so. fairness. But he's asking for your message to the country. Oh, I think it's a good message because I think that the country has to understand that there is indeed, whether we like it or not, and some of the people in this room won't like Pence it. Pence looks old. Uh, there's a lot of really great news and great journalism, and there's a lot of fake news out there. And I hear it all, and I see it all, and I understand it all because I'm in the midst of it. So when somebody writes a story or does a story on television— and I know it's false. I know it's fake. And when they say they have 15 sources have said, and I know there's no sources. There's no sources. They're just making it up. Uh, I know that. And I call Peter. I call Peter out, but I call other people out, too. And, you know, this is a time to come together. But coming together is much harder when we have dishonest journalists. It's a very important profession that you're in. It's a profession that I think is incredible. I cherish it. But when people are dishonest, they truly do hurt our country. Yeah, in the back. Please, go ahead. Mr. President, China has been in communication with the United States and also WHO about coronavirus right, that's true. That's true. And the U.S. shut its border uh, to travelers from China on uh, February the 2nd. Also, Wuhan has been in lockdown since January the 24th. And this all happened almost two months ago. Why did you still say um, if, if you could have known it earlier? 
and also you have been calling coronavirus. Well, I have to say this. We have, and I, I can speak for myself, but uh, I have a very good relationship with China and with President Xi. I have great respect for President Xi. I consider him to be a friend of mine. Uh, it's unfortunate that this got out of control. It came from China. It got out of control. Some people are upset. I know, uh, I know President Xi. Uh, I, he loves China. He respects the United States. And I have to say, I respect China greatly, and I respect President Xi. Okay. Oh, my gosh. He didn't even answer the question. But she's like, well, you know, like, there was, like, two of them from, like, two months ago, and you didn't. Right? Why? Because it was not his plan. It was their storm. They thought they had the perfect storm. And you turned something that was meant for evil to good. And that is how the good guys hack the reality hackers. But I wanted to shift a few gears before we go back to the Q&A and listen to a little segment that Tucker Carlson did about what will higher education look like after coronavirus, which will probably just be digital knowledge. Andrew Yang's wet dream. Here we go. The long-term effects of the moment we're in are hard to know exactly. Restaurants and hotels have a long road back, that's clear. But what about higher education? The nation's entire college population is at home right now at exactly the same moment the economy seems to be heading south. So what effect will that have? Well, the first thing to know is that whatever happens next, it will not affect Harvard, Yale, Stanford, and a handful of schools like those. These places are richer than some countries. They'll be fine no matter what happens, perhaps unfortunately. Big state schools are likely to weather the crisis too. They have legislatures behind them. But for everyone else on campus, this is a life-changing moment. Consider the confluence of factors right now. First, endowments are likely to shrink as the broader economy struggles. Donations will drop too for the same reason. There will almost certainly be a big reduction in students from China, a group whose main appeal has always been their ability to pay full tuition. Take that money off the ledger. Meanwhile, and most critically, an entire nation has just been shown that it's possible to deliver higher education in an entirely different way. You don't have to drive to campus, buy textbooks, pay for room and board, in order to get an education. You can do the whole thing online. Now, this fact won't change everyone's behavior. Affluent families will continue on as they always have. 250 grand to send your kids off with their friends to have fun for four years? To people who can afford it, that's not such a bad deal. It's cheaper than four years of touring Europe which is what our ruling class used to do. But let's say you're not rich. Maybe you make 120 grand a year. That's high enough to disqualify you from most need-based aid at most schools. But it's low enough that paying 30 or 40 or $50,000 a year in tuition hurts a lot. If you're paying full tuition, and many people at that income level are, that means you could be assuming hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to send a single child to college. Every child. Imagine you've got three kids. Some of you watching don't need to imagine that because that's you. Suddenly, an online education doesn't sound so crazy. Your kids won't like it as much. Hanging around a fraternity is a lot more fun than studying on a computer screen. But so what? And actually, is that a downside? You might start thinking about that. You might also begin to wonder what a college degree is worth these days. An engineering degree from, say, Caltech will always have value. Medical school or law school might be worth it under some circumstances. But a communications degree from a mid-tier liberal arts school? Totally and utterly worthless. Maybe less than worthless since it signifies such obvious mediocrity. Colleges know all this, of course. They know their value. They've been bleeding the middle class dry for decades, and they're self-aware enough to realize it. 
And that is why Washington is swarming with higher ed lobbyists. So the Congress will keep funding this charade as long as possible. Well, the impossible may have just arrived. The charade is exposed. Stanford University just kicked students off campus and moved its operations online. That's happening in a lot of places. But here's the amazing part. Stanford, along with Harvard and some other schools like them, has already announced that students will not get a single cent discounted from their tuition, despite being denied everything that makes an expensive college expensive. Even more insulting and baffling, really, Stanford students aren't even being fully refunded rent for the dorm rooms they were kicked out of. Keep in mind that Stanford has a $27 billion endowment. They could afford to do this for their kids. They just don't want to because they're pampered and arrogant and indifferent to the suffering of others. As noted, Stanford and Harvard and Yale and Princeton all have enough cachet to get away with things like this, but other schools don't. Unless they change radically, a lot of these places are likely to go under in coming years. There is not enough federal bailout money in the Treasury to save every pointless university in a bad recession. They will be gone for good, closed, repurposed, we can hope, into much-needed efficiency apartments with loads of appealing green space. Countless deans of diversity and inclusion will be out of work. They'll wail and moan and they'll write outraged editorials in the New York Times about the end of knowledge and the coming dark age. Yeah, ignore them. These people never deserve jobs in the first place. The higher education establishment is hurting this country and has for a long time. Reform is essential. This is a good and needed thing. In fact, it's one of the few bright spots in an otherwise dark moment. Okay, so now the universities have shut down. Why not us? Recommend that we use all their fancy dorms across the nation to house homeless people. Homeless people, why not? So they can get back on their feet that in between halfway home, right? Till we get them back on their feet after this pandemic. As I said, the website that says how to stop the spread has stop in target brackets, right? So why not? And I saw this fly by because you guys know that I am... I love every single tweet that if you're if you guys aren't following the CEO of, uh, you know, Babylon B, you're missing out. He just put out a fabulous tweet. He said, be contagious, everyone in the good way. And he tweeted out, Christ came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has by what I call good infection. Right. Because it spread. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. Now, if every religion applied those words by C.S. Lewis, we can be a good infection. God knows that when my life uh, was really sick, not because, not just my uh, health concerns, uh, but um, my actual life, I was infected with good. literally from the most bizarre and strange, almost like those spooky connections that we see in quantum mechanics. (laughs) And if all of us are infectious with good, this pandemic will indeed turn out good for the people. And that is something that we should be thinking about Every single day as we sit at home with our crackers and canned foods and water. And I got a lot of Coke Zero. (laughs) No, I don't actually. I have one packet. But 
that's like my vice now. Coke Zero. The president likes Diet Coke. I don't know. I like Coke Zero more. And, and by the way, I you, you guys know I'm not being sponsored by these people. Ne- neither was I being sponsored by Tushy, just so you know. And if you guys actually listen to me, and if the Hello Tushy people listen to me, they would have made bank on the toilet paper shortage, which right now we're seeing sad pictures of police hiding, uh, guarding toilet paper. Because that is where you see the true face of every person. It is in the, in, in, when we see people hoarding, like yesterday, uh, when I went to go get beets, I noticed that there was a lot of stuff that was left over, like, you know, the Mexican foods untouched, tofurkey and all the fake stuff untouched. Guys, they even took like the, the, there were like no eggs at all, at all. It was like all empty. And they even took like the, the runny eggs in a milk carton, the fake eggs, but they had left the egg whites. So all the vegan stuff was still there. Um, all the meat was gone. Turkey and fish were left, some, right? And I noticed that people were hoarding. And I thought, did they not, you know, care to... Like, I went to get toilet paper for my household, not because I was completely out, but because, you know... And I got a modest package. You know, it's two people. Like, okay, whatever, Right? There were people with tons. And I was thinking, why the greed? Because that is what, you know, one of the seven sins, isn't it? And here's where it shows the force of panic. Why? You're safe. You're safe. Has the president ever been wrong? They're projecting on you what they want you to feel. This is psychological projection, their panic. And, you know, we see this in a way where someone can defend themselves in that nature um, because they want to deny that they are doing it to others. It's... What we're seeing is horrible. We're seeing them fuel our fears of the unknown by pushing fake news. Now, I've said misinformation is necessary sometimes. Necessary. In order to get everything where it needs to be. The only thing we have to do as the people of the United States is to ensure that this amazing opportunity that we just hold on to it, hold on to it. Because right now we have filled our coffers with trillions of dollars. You don't see it, but this is how we're getting Trump bucks. I said that to you. It's not tax dollars. We have to demand what is rightfully ours. This is your time. This is my time. And the way we do this is by rising up, not with the fist or the gun, but by standing behind the man that stood beside us when he walked down that elevator and said, I'm with you. And it's time that we are with him. So we must consider what role each of us play 
in bringing the light and passing that light. And I encourage you, I mean, you don't have to be religious just for an experience. Like, um, like I was telling my daughter the other day, dude, I really want to go and see what this, um, this class at the gym they have where you play drums and you're working out. I want to go see what she's like, that's so dumb. And I was like, it's an experience. And like any good, uh, parent, you want your child to learn and we should never stop learning because that quantum computer we have in between our two ears can never stop learning. And it is through experience that it is able to take heed and scan the news and the current events and make sense of it. And that is what we haven't been doing is taking those leaps and taking up the shield of faith that all will be fine and that believing that indeed good always wins no matter how you know how bad it looks we do always win that is the way it is i want you guys to believe that i want you guys to understand that now I want you to re-listen to Tucker asking why CNN is continuing to push China's agenda. See, this is how you win. Over television, you're watching people downplay China's role in spreading the coronavirus and downplaying it at the beginning of lying about it. But on CNN, that's not enough. They always go the extra step over there. Some CNN contributors have practically become emissaries for Beijing. Watch this. It was China that came to the rescue as Italy shook, sending medical personnel, nine pallets of ventilators, electrocardiographs and tens of thousands of masks, all desperately needed by a healthcare system in crisis and appreciated by Italians stuck at home singing China's praise. Europe had few other options. Donald Trump's America First policy has seen a gradual worsening of the transatlantic alliance over issues like climate change, trade, and most recently over Trump's failure to consult Europe over the coronavirus travel ban, with China now stepping into the global leadership role long abandoned by the American president. Ah, China, 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 China. I told you guys China. I told you guys AI. And then I told you also Africa. That's going to be coming into play soon. I mean, I don't know how many times we need to see this is the problem. We're in an age that it can be in front of you. It can be mathematically impossible to be a coincidence that we have been talking about all this stuff for the past two years and it's all coming down now. But you still believe that maybe we might lose and you still have that panic. Uh, Don't get me wrong. We can never underestimate any enemy. And that is how you lose. They underestimated China and they lost. Remember that. They underestimated China and they lost. And I want to say thank you um, to one of my listeners. You haven't responded to tell me if I can... um, give you a proper shout out with your name, but um, they sent me a tweet from um, my former co-worker, I would like to say somehow. I mean, I was his subordinate, I guess, assigned to him. And he tweeted out 21 minutes ago, Donald Trump's rant against Peter Alexander reveals the extent of Trump's incompetence, insecurity and juvenile petulance. He is not and never has been a leader. He is a national disgrace. 
guess what? Donald Trump is spelled with lower cases. Trump is spelled with a lowercase. Remember how I told you to pay attention to human with a capital H and human with a little. And then he's a national disgrace is with a capital H. So all I want you to do is pay attention to that. That's pure code. But I'm not going to tell you because you never tell the enemy, you know, right? But you can. You can see it. You guys have deciphered a lot of picture codes uh, lately. Everybody has because everybody's at home now and everybody's on social media now. No one's watching CNN. If you watch CNN, you'll end up on a couch dribbling from your mouth, popcorn on the floor, garbage everywhere because you're glued to the screen is how you must panic. Listen to us panic. Listen to us. We need millions of ventilators. We need millions of masks. We are all dying. Well, you have superstars calling each other and showing off, you know, ankle bracelets and really nefarious things and showing off their latest, you know, Maria Bramovich paintings Uh, like how does this all end you guys well your president tells you there's nothing to worry about and he's got this more about stock buybacks. Many of the airlines and Boeing did stock buybacks. Is this a deal breaker for you in this? No, but it, uh, I never liked stock buybacks from their standpoint. When we did a big tax cut and when they took the money and did buybacks, that's not building a hangar. That's not buying aircraft. That's not doing the kind of things that I want them to do. And we're now talking about buybacks. We didn't think we would have had to restrict it because we thought they would have known better. But they didn't know better. In some cases, not in all cases, obviously. Some people did an incredible job. They built plants all over the country. I mean, you'd see what's happened. I mean, we were doing, until this invisible enemy appeared, uh, we were, I mean, we never had an economy like this. But there were some companies that used that money to buy back stock, driving up the price of the stock artificially in many cases. I don't like that. I don't like it. And as far as whether or not we'll have that, allow them, when we give them money, because we have to keep these great companies in business because of the workers. Frankly, for the most part, because of the workers. The workers are my number one concern. But the way we take care of the workers is we have to keep the companies going. I am fine with restricting buybacks. In fact, I would would demand that there be no stock buybacks. I don't want them taking hundreds of millions of dollars and buying back their stock because that does nothing. Uh, yeah, please. Thank you very much. Uh, one for Dr. Fauci and then hopefully one yeah, for you. Sure. And, and one thing, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo is extremely busy. So if you have any question for him right now, could you do that? Because you know what I'd like to do? I'd like him to go back to the State Department or, as they call it, the Deep State Department. You don't mind. I'd like to have him go back and uh, do his job. So does anybody have any question? Please. Mr. Secretary, can I ask you a question? Yeah, how about you? Only for the secretary. The exemptions on work travel, can you define that? Is all work, anyone with a work visa can still cross the border? Can you define what the measures that you're taking? That's a great question. We're working, we're very real concerned about H-2A visas, in particular agriculture workers need to get across. Going to make sure that we do everything we can to keep that part of our economic lifeblood working between our two countries. DHS and the State Department will work together. Uh, we want to make sure and keep commerce between Canada, the United States, and Mexico alive, functional, and prepared for the day that this economy bounces back like we expect that it will. Secretary, Mr. Secretary, the Mexican government has not announced any travel ban on Europe. 
Uh, where have you been in touch with them as to when they're going to do this and what it is that they're telling you? And then a second question, they also are telling us and said in a press conference this morning that they will not take back any non-Mexican citizen, any other third parties who have to, we don't know what will happen to them. So can you address what will happen to those uh, country immigrants that you are saying that will not be allowed to enter the U.S. and Mexico is saying that they will not be allowed to stay in Mexico either or sent back from the U.S.? Okay, so let's get something straight. Mexico, and now the mainstream media is acknowledging that all the illegals are not Mexican. <laughs> kind of like what we were saying, right? So where are all these third country, like West Africa, like Horn of Africa, like Afghanistan, like Pakistan, like, I don't know, Brazil that has one of the highest mutation rates of this virus, having moved at least 14 base points. What are we going to do, Mr. President, since Mexico is not taking people that aren't theirs? I'll take the first one and then, Chad, I'll give you the second one. With respect to travel into Mexico from outside, I spoke with Foreign Minister Abrard a couple of times about this. I'm very confident we're going to get to a really good place that protects the Mexican people and the American people from those who might be traveling into places where we've got designations, the Schengen Zone from China, so that they're not coming into Mexico and then coming into the United States. I'm very confident we'll do that. We'll make that announcement uh, shortly. To get- you mean like the visitors at the nursing home that caused this whole buckle in the first place. But it wasn't Washington that had the first one. It was actually L.A. So you have to think, what are they not telling you and why they're not telling you? Because it's important sometimes you don't tell people. But, you know, with technology like Deep Mind, you know, that the U.K. has, they think that they can foresee and they are trying to acquire their assets. And they have been for the past five years Google. Google that has now, obviously, as you can see, been liberated, right? Liberated. One, two, three, four, five. So all you have to do right now, this weekend, is relax and listen to your president and nobody else, because no one else is going to tell you the truth but him and the truth that you need to know at that moment. And again, don't look at those that sold. Look at those that bought from all of us here at Red State. God bless and have a wonderful weekend. And subscribe stars, stay tuned. There's more coming.